reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk. And your Monday evening, Sam and Hennett with you. Jerry, Jerryun, <laughs> and Jason Edwards, of course. That's not my name. Evans. Oh, no. This is going to be the bugbear for the rest of the sports desk. I don't know why. I will take that as uh, Sam's delightful <laughs> yeah. slight. I will happily change your birth certificate. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know Maybe why at the end of the trouble. year we'll do a bet or something like that. The loser has to change their surname or something <laughs> like that. Probably not at this rate, but uh, I'll take that as a personal slight towards myself in uh, Sam's delight for the weekend that that was. <laughs> Round 16 is we're going to break down. Uh, also, we've got uh, Jerry breaking down the Ashes victory that took place over the night. Both Jerry and I stayed up live to watch that, Sam. I don't know where you were Sunday night. Fast but asleep. Yeah. Oh, Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Listening um, to the Commodores? No, I was out. You were out? <laughs> out and about. Out and about. He's like nine in the town. It's very exciting. Uh, not only that, we've got some big news headlines to break down. Who wants to start that one off, Sam or Jerry? We'll go now, and I think, Jerry, uh, I think it would be good to start off with uh, Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, because Wimbledon starts tonight, and this morning Kyrgios um, is out of a Wimbledon with a torn ligament in his wrist. So he said on his Instagram page that, during my comeback, I experienced some pain in my wrist during Mallorca. As a precaution, I had it scanned and came back showing a torn ligament in my wrist. I tried everything to be able to play, and I'm disappointed to say that I just didn't have enough time to manage it before Wimbledon. So that comes as a huge blow because, as we all remember last year, he made the final and took Djokovic to four sets after winning that first set. So now Demona is um, flying the flag for the Aussies. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, it's been... Um, and not only his wrist, he's had that long-standing knee problem. Mm. And he's only just played one competitive competition or competitive match, per se, in nine months. Mm. So, to be honest, I don't think that's good long-term to be out of competitive games like this. It could take a while before he gets back to his best, even when he starts, would you say? I reckon he could be past his best. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, you want, do you want to chicken that or no? Well, uh, long-term when you're out and... Um, yeah, no, it could be detrimental, especially I think tennis is, I don't know, some sports I feel like you can come back and build up, to, but I think in those short knockout you know, tennis competitions, you've got to be roaring and ready to go as soon as you're there. You yeah. can't, you don't have time to build up. Um, so interesting, unfortunately. So did you say the only Aussie in the Wimbledon is? Oh, well, the leading contenders, Demon off Australia, ranked okay. 15th. 15th. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Wimbledon, what did you say? It starts tonight? Who, who, starts tonight. When's the first kind of matchup that we really would like to Ooh, see? There's a few. Um, starting from 8 p.m., Jordan Thompson flying the Aussie flag against Brandon Nakashima of the American USA. Um, we got Max Purcell playing against one number seven, Andre Rublev at 8 p.m. as well. Um, and also Storm Sanders playing as well in the women's um so lots to cover in a few days. I hope Thompson can get through. Purcell be a massive upset into world number seven, but yeah, and Djokovic is playing today as well, defending his crown. Okay. Um, in F1 news, Max Verstappen uh, has completed a clean sweep of pole position and race wins the Austrian Grand, Grand Prix with another dominant display in Sunday's main event, leading home Ferrari driver Charles Leclerc and Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez. Uh, so he's done that again. Big. Um, I'll have to double-check. I'm not sure where the Australian um, 
will finish. And then there was rumours this week. I don't know if it's just talk out of nothing, um, but they're saying potentially um, ex-Aussie driver could be making his return, which his name's gone out of my head from Dan Perth. Ricardo. Yes. Yeah. What have you heard about that? <laughs> he was a backup driver for one of the other Formula One. Um, it was with Lance Morris. Of, well, uh, McLaren, I think? No. That was his previous one. Yep. Um, Lexus, maybe. So he could be making a return there. Um, okay. But more to come on that one. So he could have two Aussie drivers at the same time in the F1. Yeah, we haven't seen that since probably Mark Webber and Ricardo in his early days. So, mm. yeah, exciting times. Exciting. Uh, more car stuff here. Supercars hero Shane uh, Van Gisbergen, Gisbergen sorry, uh, has won his NASCAR Cup Series debut on a rainy Sunday in downtown Chicago, chasing down Justin Haley and Chase Elliott in a memorable finish uh, to the series' first street race debut. So that's pretty good. That is good. And uh, talk we get as we get ever closer to the um, Women's World Cup. The Matildas today have announced the squad uh, for the lineup: uh, goalkeepers Mackenzie Arnold, Tegan Micah, and Lydia Williams; defenders Ali Carpenter, Steph Catley, Charlotte Grant, Claire Hunt, uh, Alana Kennedy, uh, Ivy Luik. Uh, Courtney Nevin, Claire Polkinghorne, midfielders Alex Chidiak, uh, Kyra Cooney-Cross, Katrina Gary, Emily Van Egmond, Claire Wheeler, Tamika Yallop, forwards Caitlin Ford, Mary Fowler, Sam Kerr, Hayley Rasso, Kaya Simon and Courtney Vine. And uh, I was just reading an article earlier uh, that says there's a couple here that got named in the kind of pre-squad before they've just narrowed this down. Um Admitted players, Legazzo, Jada Wyman, Remy Simpson, Amy Sailor, Sukuma, Emps, and Emily, sorry, Emily G- G- Gilnick? <laughs> I struggle with this word too, Sam. Uh, <laughs> um, so but apologies for they've that. They've missed out, um, but they maybe still be playing in the, uh, well, I don't know. See, what, what would be the point? They may be eligible to play in the friendly against France, but if they're not in the squad, why would you? Um, other than just to give them a run, I think uh, I want it. France is a good test first up at Marvel Stadium uh, next week, I think it is. Um, and then the World Cup's here. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's getting closer. What are your thoughts about some of the selection, Jerry? Well, I like having Mary Fell in the squad. I remember when she scored that um, stunning goal in that Tokyo Olympics. I'm not sure you remember that, but top corner. Yes. Yeah, yeah it was just amazing. So good to see her. And one of the Leicester City girls, um, Courtney Neven, it's her debut. So she hasn't had a cap for Australia yet. So it could be very interesting watching her. I think she's a fullback, maybe. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, excited. We're going to do some deep dives into... Uh, the World Cup as we get to get to it and a preview of some of the teams um, coming because it's going to be a festival football uh, in a month's time or so, less than a month. <laughs> um, and a final story here, Jerry. A couple of troublemakers at Lords over the weekend. We will talk about the cricket next, but uh, just quickly hit us with a few banned patrons, probably. <laughs> well, I won't name names here, but um, you probably <laughs> well, you all don't seen know, the clip, <laughs> Yeah, well, they don't deserve to be mentioned. Um, yeah. Anyway, so three members from the Lords um, ICC got 
um, banned after clashing with the Australian team during lunch break. So essentially, Usman Khawaja and Davy Warner were, you know, making their way up the stairs for some um, well-deserved lunch. And then a few of her patrons just, um, like, one of them grabbed Usman Khawaja and said a few words. So that's not what we like to see. No, yeah. no. Um, probably too many beverages and... Uh wasn't behaving very well. It's it's interesting that they have that area uh, in in their long room at Lords. Yeah. Um, that you can just walk past the pl- and it's, I think that's a privilege. To well, be that, that enhances close to the experience for I know patron goers there. But you'd think for such a high classy sport as cricket, you don't see. You'd hope you don't see. You know, sort <laughs> well, of slander like that. However, there you yeah. go. There was even allegations uh, out there of uh, patrons trying to trip. I uh, yeah. believe some of the Australian yeah, players going through too. So if we, that gets confirmed, that's going to be. Just some oh, sore losers, very, I think. <laughs> that, uh, I, you, Sam said that. That is. This does not reflect the views and opinions of Jason Evans during the media. Oh, come on. <laughs> we'll be All breaking right. that down a little bit more then, won't we? Bairstow is going to get a deep dive in the break uh, later on in the show, right, Jerry? Yeah. And yeah. Jerry is on. All right, well, that's all up next. Cricket. You two now on the sports desk. Vertigo, you two on the sports desk. And uh, I reckon a couple of Aussie fans, <laughs> or may- maybe, sorry, per se, England fans, uh, <laughs> vertigo with their heads, <laughs> nah. as we were just talking about. By the way, listeners can confirm Sam did have a dance break during that song. <laughs> okay. Got it on record. Well. All right. Got it on record. All right. Time for this. Come on, Aussie, come on. Start us off. We have Jerry to break down the game for us, but man, it was a it was <laughs> neck and neck. We were in control, Jerry. Yeah. And then Ben Stokes. Oh my God! When Stokes made that century, I was that close to going to bed because I thought it was a repeat of 2019 again. It was giving me kind of like those flashback nightmares type situation, but um, Australia pulled it off. So we're very happy in the studios today. Um, we'll start with obviously the main injury concern with Nathan Lyon. Um. I believe it's going to be series series ending with a calf strain because he could barely walk and was was on one leg batting. Um, and Steve Smith with man of a match, Australia lead two nil. Start off with the first innings, Australia making four hundred and sixteen. Steve Smith with a big century, Travis Head seventy seven, and David Warner sixty six. Um, a few standouts there with a the bowling was Josh Tung with um three wickets as well as um Broad and Anderson stepping in. But I think towards the second innings, um, England did come back and make 325, so they were by 90, with Ben Duckett making 98, um, Henry Brook with a half century. Um, and it was just good to see the likes of Mitch Stark getting a few wickets um, on his comeback game, 3 for 88, Travis Head with two wickets, um, spin bowling. They didn't utilise him too much for the rest of the second yeah, innings. It was, was interesting that yeah. we couldn't didn't have that spin option. That was a bit of a detriment, do you think? Well, we like I felt like we should have bowled Travis Head before Stokes went on that rampage just to like mess up his footwork a little bit because it was too predictable the um short bowling Michelle were Especially um, coming from Cameron Green, who oh my, Cameron. as a result of his bowling that led to a significant portion of that rampage. Six uh three sixes in a row before lunch. Yeah, it was. Um, in Australia's second innings, they only made 279, which gave him a 370-run lead um, where England, you know, could have chased that down before, as we know from Headingley four years ago. Um, 
And the man, again, Ben Stokes, the captain, he made 155, um, as Jason said, hitting nine sixes and nine fours, and then duck it with 83. Those two were playing really well until um, a few rash shots, duck it with a pull shot getting him out, and Stokes um, getting out in a similar fashion by taking on the short ball. But that's how he plays, and he almost executed I think at one stage... Um, a yeah. couple yeah. of drop catches, though, by the way, for um, Stokes with Smith, a couple yeah. balls in to the second session. The was second that before innings. Stokes made the 100? It was just, just before. Yeah, it was just the first before. over back. So there were actually a couple of drop catches in the results yeah. of some of the big hits Stokes made. But, yes, he did end up going to carry, uh, you, and you were saying. Yeah, and then the decisive moment would have been actually before Stokes went on that rampage when Bearstow got out um, yes. stumped by Alex Carey. So that was very controversial. I'm not sure if Sam's seen it. or Obviously, you saw it, Jace. But saw it live. Want? Let's actually go to Sam. Have you seen the stumping? No. Okay. <laughs> well, Jerry, we'll break it down for you. The ball, ball is delivered. Yeah. It goes straight through to the keep, Alex Carey. It's end of over, correct? Well, it's perceived to be the end of over. Well, Bearstow perceived it to be end of yes. over a bit. Um, it's not the end of the over until the umpire calls over and waves his, his hand directly in front. Right. Um, Besto just assumed quickly that that's happened, but Kerry, you know. Therefore, he steps out of his crease, Sam? Yeah, so he was out of his crease by about a metre, and then Kerry quickly releases the ball and um, hits the wicket. So he was run out for like, oh, sorry, stumped for 11. And after that, obviously, Stokes had to carry England and bat with a tail, which ultimately cost them in the end. Because if Bairstow stayed in, I reckon England would have won. Right. Okay. Interesting. And that's where the whole uh, spirit of the game debate has now come back in, because Ben Stokes uh, is explicitly mentioned that in the post-game interview of us. It's uh, you know probably not in the spirit of the game. It was within the rule book. It was controversial. It didn't feel like the fairest thing in the world, but it was within the rules. As a result of that, once Stokes goes out by uh, with 154, 154, 155? 155. 155. Yeah. He gets caught by Carey, and then the, that's when the pins started falling. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so now we're heading into, I think, the Manchester Test Match. Um, mm. Yeah, so... Old Trafford? Sh- oh, sorry, Old Trafford, yeah. If we win, then... You know, game over. That's it. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Have we ever done that? Um, oh, Quick we, clarification, yeah, is yeah. it Manchester or is it Leeds that they're in for the third Oh, test? sorry, it's Leeds and Leeds, Manchester, yeah. Um, well, we've never, I think, swept the palms in a while. Yeah, Cafes. long while, long while. Well, none of us were born, um, so yeah. Yeah, wow. and then we haven't even won in England since early 2004 or something S- I was reading. Something like that, 2001 maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the women's are going well as well. I wanted to quickly touch on that. So they won their T20 match yesterday as well, um, chasing down 153. So they made six for 154, winning with one ball left. So Beth Mooney making 61 of 47, um, man of match performance. And they're one win away from, um, you know, re-clinching the Ashes or defending their title. So both men and women's um, cricket is amazing right now. I also just want to get Sam's opinion because I'm not sure if he has heard of that. Now that we've described uh, the Bearstow dismissal to Sam, when Stuart Broad then came to the crease, what was picked up on the mics? I can't remember. You will be remembered for that, he said directly to Alex Carey. Mm. Sam, your thoughts? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, if you're going to do stuff that's, I mean, not out of the rule book, but in the spirit, I, I mean, expect kind of the uh, backlash you're going to get away. Do you think he was, was he visually like, did he know he was doing what he was doing? Or was this totally oh. 
I, you could probably call it calculated to some degree because because in the subsequent overs that followed, I think especially after lunch, Jerry, yeah, he was very overtly keeping his bat in the crease at the end of well, each over. Was, yeah. yeah, broad yeah, was yeah. to which the crowd would then kind of lighting up and cheering, cheering that. Yeah. Well, because Bairstow's done that before, so he's um, stumped uh, an opposing batsman in the exact same way. So I don't see like how outraged he was because. If you've done it before, like, there's no hypocrisy in that, you know? I'm not piling on, by the way, Jerry, but was yeah. it England that did that? Uh, it was meant to be a delivery, but it, because the uh, non-strike was outside the crease, they just went and stumped him? Yeah. Was that an England bowler that, that did that? before a few years ago, yeah. The um, Daily Star from the UK, okay, front page headline, same old Aussies. <laughs> so they're probably not um Got to love the rivalry, don't well. you mm, Yeah. <laughs> And as we've seen with football, the England fans can really get out and about. So it makes for an interesting third test, which kicks off when, Jerry? Thursday. Thursday. Um, 8.30, so get into it. Well, okay. it's going to be heated, and if we can wrap it up with three in three tests and sweep them. <laughs> either, that, either that or we let one go to a draw, and then, you know, even at that point. Well, if they're furious, they're going to come out after that. Surely, yeah. surely they'll come out after two. I mean, True. there's going to be so much tension. Do you think the tension's going to increase or decrease at Leeds? Oh, it will increase, certainly. Leeds is a tough crowd. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Leeds, yeah. Liam Cricket <laughs> fan, Once you get up to the Northerners, yeah, it's going to uh, get loud. Well, good news, Sam. Liam Cole is a big cricket fan himself too, so I'm sure he'll be breaking mm. down day one this coming Friday, Sam. All right. Come on, Roger, come on. Come on. When we come back, we'll be reviewing a crazy round of football um, and then more coming up after next on the Sports Desk on Sin. Oh, that's not Billy Joel. That's um, Fallout Boy with the cover of We Didn't Start the Fire and Modern News Stories. First time hearing that, that was all right. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Yeah, it was. Not bad. Um, well, we've had a fiery round of football and we're going to cover it now. Start on Friday, Sam. Yes. Draw again. Yeah. I, oh, Sydney actually surprised me. It was not the greatest of games, that. Um, but, uh, yeah, draw, which uh, doesn't help me as a Blues fan because that was one kind of event, uh, advantage over the kind of percentage kind of situations. But uh, now there's two other teams that have half half a point now. So, interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's a scrappy game. What did you think of it, Jerry? Yeah, I thought like it was close pretty much the whole game. So you had Sydney leading in you know, um in bits and pieces and so did Geelong. Um and like it just goes to show that inaccurate goal kicking will cost you because I think Sydney had um eighteen behinds. Um there's one player who kicked four behinds. Maybe McDonald two and a few others, but yeah, it just goes to show you that you need to kick straight to win games. I was at a pub with that game on the big screen over there. And uh, it was round about the fourth quarter. See Tom Hawkins get one. Oh, okay, Geelong are doing okay. They're probably going to run away. But I get home and I go, who won? It's a draw. What? you got to be kidding. <laughs> you got to be kidding. No. Nah. Um, shout out to Blakey. He, he's been um, out of Sydney this year. He was an all right player in the last couple of years. But is this been his standout year? He just seems to be doing really well. 29 disposals. 
um, on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, as we said, the the goal kicking. Uh, who was the ruckman <laughs> that had oh, that shot? Tom Hickey. <laughs> oh, man, I don't feel so bad for my uh, set shot <laughs> the other oh, day now. All of us would have slowed that one, I reckon. <laughs> that raises a good point, Jerry. Adventures of Pub Footy with we'll, Sam Menhennet. We'll a get to preview. That. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get to it we later. We got it? Great. I'm excited. Great. <laughs> okay. He brought it up. We had to talk about it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, not much we can take out other than that's a, a, a draw. And, uh, hmm. and Sydney got Richmond this week. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. Geelong have got North, so. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're in the eight this week, um, aren't they? Unless... It's North oh, again. They're improving. Uh, okay, yep. Yeah. Saturday Ladies. afternoon, it was a big win by Adelaide. Uh, the North, the Roos hung around. They hung around for a while, but uh, and uh, still managed to score eleven goals, which is pretty decent. But uh, it was twenty-one goals, twelve, one hundred and thirty-eight to eleven, six seventy-two, sixty-six point victors. The Crows at the Adelaide Oval. Isaac Rankin kicking five, four goals, one of Fogarty. Tex Walker three goals, three. Uh, Delarkey did all right, three goals. And then uh, Harry Sheasel leading disposals, 31. Um, and then Sloan, uh, 30 keys, 29. Jordan Dawson, 28. So interesting. Jerry? Well, yeah, the Adelaide midfield, I feel like, dominated us towards the end of the game. As you can see, the leading possession winners were mainly Sloan with 30 keys, 29 and 2. Dawson, 28. Hinge, 28. Um, Smith, 24. Um, I feel like Adelaide is one of the best midfielders in the competition, probably top three in the AFL. You can chicken that. But you've got Laird um, on the outside and then Dawson, Keyes on the inside. So they've got really good stability there, I reckon. And obviously Rankin's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. No, I, th- I think they're when you put it together like that, a really decent midfield and really good forward line, mm. um, which I think – teams that we've spoken about a lot that we're unsure about Melbourne's forward line. They've got a really solid midfield, but not not great, accurate um, up forward. Um, when uh, Sorry, the next game on Saturday afternoon was uh, the Dogs and Frio. Uh, it was Dogs by 29 at Marvel, 16-6, 102 to 11 7, 73 The Dockers, uh, four goals for Oogal Hagen. Interesting one, that. We we thought this was going to be a big test for Frio, but they just couldn't get it done away. Well, they got close. It it took uh, quite a bit of a fight for them to – it became a bit of a contest, and then, Jerry, they it only ended up being a kick away only in the last few minutes uh, – well, closing moments of the final quarter, Jerry. Yeah, well, it was close most of the game. Um, pretty scrappy early on. Um, it's kind of like a more contested style game that yeah. like the doggies like to play. Um, the Dockers are really good with Walters kicking a few um, – few on the run as well as a few snaps and Amos with four as well. But with the Dockers, we said a few weeks ago, their goal kicking is an issue. Like if Amos is not stepping up, which is probably their main key forward, mm. and Walter's like, he's like 33 now. Yep. So, yeah, that's their issue. Same could be said for the Dogs, though. Just They just happened to be switched on that day. I guess well, so, but the- you've got a few more goal kickers mm. there, don't you? Yeah, I feel like they've got more. Well, they took one of their ones, uh, the Dogs, off them. <laughs> Um, no, and it was a good test for the Dogs. I think this was uh, one of the games that they needed to win if they're going to be a serious team because, as we know, they're very up and down. Yes, Jason? You asked this question early in the season when they got a little bit of form going, the Dogs, are they the real deal? We, I was saying yes. What were you saying around about that time, Jerry? I put them in my top eight. So. Where do you see them now, Sam? Uh, on, the, on the edge of the eight. If no one 
but there's teams waiting on the on the outside, which look good, um, and probably wouldn't have said some of them that long ago. GWS are now tenth, and they weren't they weren't much anything early in the year. So uh, I think it's more the fact that there's so many teams that are going to cr- try to be cracking in if you're not at your full steam. Honestly, as long as Geelong sit ninth from fifth to eighth, you should be worried. Doesn't matter who you are, you should be worried. Yeah, no, no, I, and I don't even think the top four, maybe the top three set, but um, Melbourne might not even be fourth place. But uh, no, give me the chicken, match. Jerry. Well, I, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> okay, not sure. All right. Um, we then move on to Saturday Twilight, and oh, this was a nothing game. This really was nothing. It was over pretty quickly. Jamie Elliott kicked five. It was a Collingwood 78-point win over the Suns, so the massive uh, 18-12, 120-5-12, 42. And a few disappointed travelling fans that actually couldn't get to the game. There was a fair few empty seats in this sold-out game that they were stuck at Melbourne Airport and couldn't get to the game. Uh, But, yes, massive win. Bradley Hill, two goals, one. Ainsworth, two goals. Disposals, Nick Dacos, 36, Wait, one on. goals, Hill two. them, not Bradley. Oh, sorry. Apologies. <laughs> uh, Anderson, 35 disposals. Uh, Mitchell, 30. Noble, 30. Um, pretty good. And I, I mean, I don't know what to say about the Suns now. They've, they, they, looked, they looked a bit like maybe they are going to be a threat to, to gaining in the top eight, but they've just fallen away. They're not making finals, full no. stop. Yeah. Uh, and Collingwood's put another one in the bag. Um, and then, oh, a Saturday night thriller at the G. Wet game. Uh, Essendon, Port Adelaide. It was a four-point victory after the siren, Dan Houston. And now, we will talk about the rest of the game, but the moment there was incredible. And, and, and unless you're the losing team... <laughs> After the siren goals are great. They are superb. And Dan Houston looked as confident as if I've ever seen anybody take a shot. Uh, the smile from Ken Hinckley when he had the ball in his hands. He knew it was pretty safe. And to hit a wet ball 60 metres and just send it straight through the guts. Oh, ah, so good. And But uh, I think the goal umpire ruined a bit of theatre there. Like, why do you have to go to a goal review there? Did you Every see goal's checked anyway. Just him, call Sam. the goal. Sorry, what? Did you see how many Poor players boy, are in man. front of him? That was they a lot. swarmed him. <laughs> I think was that was lot. a fair call on the goal. <laughs> probably on the ground, wasn't he? <laughs> he got swarmed um, by players. But man. it was a very, very good goal. And it's, it's funny also seeing um, on Instagram and, and social media the crowd videos that f- people who capture it around the crowd and you get a different perspective of it. <laughs> there were a few Essendon fans that were cheering when the siren went and quickly realised what was going on. Oh, oh no. Um, Jerry, what was your thoughts on the, uh, the goal and the game? Yeah, I watched um, most of the game. Uh, it was pretty wet conditions, actually. So as Sam said, 60 bomb from um, Houston was incredible. Yeah, better goal than Elliot. Yeah. Uh, Merritt, I thought it was outstanding in that losing side. Play hard out. And Coldwell as well. He's one of my favourite players to watch. Um, 2-1 and 24. Credit Crazy. to Andrew Phillips too. <laughs> Big source. Yeah, stepping up. Um, I just wanted to highlight quickly Darcy Parrish. Like, he'll probably go at the end of the year, but 0-4, that's what cost him the game. You can't be kicking four behinds and not 
like scoring on the whole scoreboard. One of them with 90 seconds to go as well, yeah. which pretty much replicated how Collingwood then went to win after the siren too. It was a miss. They got it all the way back down. Mm. Goal after 30, the siren. 32 disposals for Houston as well, that game as well. Oh, so he, he's he'll be getting player. the three votes at the brain line for I, that week, sure. I would argue Houston and Todd Marshall of Port Adelaide, they're probably the most reliable kicks of the footy in the whole league, genuinely, mm. and I sincerely say that. They are terrific kicks of the footy. Houston so, just doesn't hit the scoreboard as much, though. Yeah. yeah. True, but again, there's True. you cannot beat his reliability. Once you saw it's Houston's, that's a goal. Even with 17 seconds left, you know that is a goal. But uh, Three goals to Connor Rosie, and so that makes it 12 in a row for Port. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. They've still got that going, I think, or 11. I think it's 12. 12, yeah, you're right. Um, and this is the road for the Bombers to finish below Carlton. I'll say that now. <laughs> We're going to finish below Carlton as planned at the start of the. Oh, Jerry's going to chicken. As much as I hate Essendon, I still think that's not going to happen. Like you've got, oh, come like, on, four. So give me something. More wins, mate. <laughs> but please beat Hawthorne. And who did they beat last week? Uh, last week it was the bye. Yeah, it was the bye. We didn't oh, have a nice rest. Hey, no, there's been few teams that have come out after the bye and have a big win. Yeah, which yeah. we will talk about. So there's that's something. That's something. Yeah. Um, which we will talk about now because it's time for the Sunday games. Uh, 7-10-52 uh, to the Blues, 17-10-112. The Hawks went down by 60 points. And uh, nice day at the G. Yesterday was nice to have a smile. I haven't had a smile since Good Friday <laughs> at, at, at a game. Because um, oh, yes, I, did I didn't go to the Suns game. And also, Jerry showed up in the studio in a Carlton jumper oh, as a result of that shit. bet. That was what happened on Good Friday. <laughs> Uh, Sports desk law. So it was nice to get a win, but what I was most happy about with that game is even with, because I don't know if you remember last last season when we played the Hawks, we had a massive first half and we let the door open. We only won by a point or something oh, because yeah. they stormed back and when they kicked a, three goals or something after half time in the row, I was like, no, we're not doing that again, I hope, um, which we didn't. And so a solid 10-goal win, um, happy with. Stand out to it. Well, um, Chera, Adam Chera. Cripper mm. um, had a good game as well. Um, and then... Um, Two more wins and you're right in it, Sam. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, got Frio next week uh, over there, and that, I think that's a good test. I think the Blues play pretty well at Optus Stadium, and we've had a couple of wins over Frio in the last couple of years there. Um, and then it makes for the even better, the tests the week after, which is Port Adelaide here in Marvel. So uh, I think if we can get a win against Frio, maybe maybe it's not all over, mm. as it seems. Just quickly, what happened with Tom DeConning? Because um, he was a laid out. Of course, yeah, yeah. No, that was not good news <laughs> to read a couple of minutes before the game. Uh, but it's, apparently he's torn like an MCL oh. ligament. So that's going to be a while. And if uh, I don't know what the update on um, our other Ruckman is at the moment, so we'll have to see because uh, we need him back. Um, but um, great goals. Charlie Kerno three goals, two. Jack Martin, three goals, one. And he's only a couple um, second game back or something. So if he gets firing as a small forward, that's going to be really good. Uh, Harry McKay with two goals. Um, and then a standout for uh, Hawthorne. I think his name was... No, it's a strange name that starts with F. Fergus. Fergus, that's yes. it. <laughs> I was going to say Fabio or something. Fergus that's is right. a strange name. Fergus. Oh, it's, I would oh, say it's, it's a bit common. uncommon. Yeah. yeah, it's uncommon. 
someone that's, I don't know how old he is. <laughs> you, you don't meet too many Ferguses. Uh, but good win for the Blues. Happy for that. And then, wow, some couple of thrillers for the last two games on Sunday. We'll start off with Melbourne, uh, who played at T.O. Traeger Park. Uh, I think that's... Um, now, correction, I said Darwin on Friday. I think no, it's Alice Springs, Alice isn't it? Springs, Thank yes. Thank you. I stand, I stand corrected. Five goals, 15, 45 oh, to yeah. 7, 5, 47. Two-point win to the Giants who've hold on. And as we've sang, this Giants out of nowhere. <laughs> five fifteen, though, Sam. Five goals, 15 to the Ds. This forward line's issue, as I was... This could be costly to them. Well, six of those behinds came from four from Petrarca and two from Lockie Hunter, so... Yeah. yeah, well, see, even that's even interesting. Their midfielders taking those, and they're not finding a forward to take it. And uh, as good as he is, the midfielder Petrarca, he's not that great mm. in front of goals, um, which is interesting. Toby Green, two goals, one um, on the day. Kelly, two goals. Pickett, one goals, two disposals wise. Forty-one for Jack Viney, massive. <laughs> uh, but a behind to go with it. <laughs> Green, thirty-eight. Uh, Tom Green, that is. Petrarca, 34. Four, and, yes, four misses. That's not great. That is not great. Mm. What do you think about Melbourne? Yeah, I reckon they're not going to be top four. Still maintain. <laughs> you can play as good as you want through the midfield, but if you can't score. And adding to that, Bailey Fridge was subbed out in the second quarter, so they could have more uh, injury. Yes. Okay, um, okay. injury cloud sounds more justifiable. Oh, it's one player. Well, he's one of the more reliable. Again. Yeah, but if you're relying on one player in your forward line, that's not a good strategy. Well, you need you need Cozzy Pickett yeah. doing some magic as a small forward. Who else they got? They got. Well, we spent Brown gone. That's a good Injury. question. He came in, didn't he? And then he's disappeared again. Yeah. Uh, I will get you to do a in. injury wrap and a bit of a look at who could be potentially up for the match review panel. Uh, at the end of the round, but uh, remember props on to the Giants. Remember on Friday, Sam, by the way, as we go to the last game, how and on 4.40 at Optus Stadium at St Kilda, West Coast, we all just went St Kilda by how much? Well, oh. granted, I did say there was going to be a response. There had to be a there response. There had to have been. I didn't know it was going to be that good, though. I Unfortunately, am... I was hoping West I'm Coast so could got the win. I wanted that to happen, too. <laughs> I was cheering them on. Uh, so, yes, now we'll move on. Uh, 12.577. Uh, to St Kilda, 12-13-85, an eight-point victory. They just held on. The Saints getting um, was going to be too hard in the end, but uh, massive effort from um, the Eagles, which you wanted to see after that. A lot of single goal kickers as well. Uh, so everyone doing their part. Uh, Darling got uh, subbed because he was injured, though. Uh, but oh, no. <laughs> uh, the goal kickers, Owens, four goals for him. Uh, Kamenidi, two goals, one. And Dan Butler, two goals, one. Marrick, uh, two two goals. Uh, Hewitt, two goals. Oscar Allen, two goals. Um, and, yeah. Disposals, Hearn, Shannon Hearn, 30. Sinclair, 30. Witherden, 29. Shuey, 28. 27 to Duggan. So they all put their part in, but just wasn't good enough. But I, th- I think that's good because you can't get any worse than uh, the week before. Eh, Brisbane at the Gabba, that might cause some problems. Jerry, what was your thoughts on the game? I honestly thought the Eagles could have won there. At halftime, they had the lead. St Kilda won the It was the a comfortable there. lead yeah. too, Jerry. It would have been three, four goals, wasn't it? Something, Something like, like that, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but Owen stepped up. He's a contender for rising star. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's going to win it, but um, yeah, 
little smoky there. So that was round 16. Before we get to the ladder and a bit of an injury update, uh, we will have a look quickly at the Thursday game this week uh, to start off round 7, 720, the MCG on Thursday night. The Tigers are hosting the Swans, and this suddenly becomes a bit interesting. Uh, I mean, yeah, Swans I still don't think are going to be there, but... I don't know. It's weird. And then the Tigers, of course, been their kind of honeymoon period with the new coaches kind of over, I think. Uh, but an interesting game for Sydney if they want to be near it, but I don't think they're going to be near it. So, Richmond, your prediction? I don't know. I, this is one that I don't know. You're going to tip a draw? I'm, I'm going to draw. Why not? I, I'm going to say Swans. Swans? Uh, tigers. Swans. And we'll look at the ladder now. So rounding out the top eight, Collingwood will remain on top only by percentage on 138.8. Port Adelaide in second, same points. Uh, Brisbane in third on 44 points. Then down to Melbourne, 36 points um, in fourth. And then St Kilda, Western Bulldogs, Adelaide and Essendon round out the top eight. And then outside of that, Geelong on 30 points. GWS below them, Fremantle, Gold Coast Suns, Sydney, Carlton, Richmond, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, and West Coast. So, yeah, a few ups and downs there. Geelong just on the outer of the the top eight. It's going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks to see where this ladder goes. Um, And, Jerry, some injuries and some concerns at the match review. Mm, so there's not too many suspensions, but injuries-wise, um, in that Brisbane-Richmond game, Josh Dunkley suffered a cork um, calf, so he was subbed out in the third just as a precaution. I think he'll be all right for next week. Um, Callum Archie um, with a concussion, so he'll be gone for two weeks. Um, Jaden Short with a hamstring subbed out in the second quarter. He'll be out for two to three weeks, um, so that's a blow for Richmond. Um in the Adelaide North game, Jordan Butts was subbed out with a concussion. Um, Fife was subbed out in the second quarter into Bulldogs with a foot injury, so that'll be interesting. Because um, Fife's had that lingering foot injury for a few years now, so it could be possibly more severe. And then obviously Tom DeConning with that MCL injury, he could be out for six to eight weeks, um, and that could be... Defining for Carlton without like that ruck rotations and Bailey Fritch with that foot injury will miss a few weeks, three to four weeks possibly. Um, and for suspensions, just quickly, Lincoln McCarthy from Brisbane was offered a one-match ban for striking Camden McIntosh um, during that third quarter. So if he accepts the um, suspension, he'll be offered that one-match suspension or he can appeal it. Okay. Interesting. Well, that was round 16 of the AFL. We'll come back, and uh, I think we've got time. I, I know Jason want, been wanted to get this off the ground for a couple of weeks on Mondays now, but we'll be introducing a sporting quiz which you can get involved with. Well, uh, yes, that, well, we'll be doing that next week. Next week? We don't next want to do week. one now? Haven't prepared one. <laughs> we it's can still, find one. We're still in the makings of it. All right. Well, we'll be back. <laughs> but we do have an adventure coming up next. Oh, no. This is the Sports Desk on Sin. Star Sailor. Our four to the floor on the Sports Desk on your Monday evening as we wrap things up. And it's time for some NBA news. A bit of trade updates for the Aussies in the free agency. 
with the NBA, there's obviously some big trades going on. I think we'll start with the Aussies. So, Jock Landau, he played in the playoffs um, a few months ago, most recently with um, the Suns. So, he was involved with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and those big names. Um, he played a few minutes in the playoffs, averaging like 13, 14 and a half minutes, which is very decent for a backup center. Um, and now he's been traded to the Houston Rockets. So, Jock Landau signed a four-year deal worth $32 million. Um, so that'd be $8 million per year, which is a pretty big paycheck. Um, I'd love that. Um, and he, considering Houston Rockets are at the bottom of the league, so that'll mean more playing time for Jock Landau and more money. Um, and continuing for Aussies here, we love um, Paddy Mills. Obviously, he carried us to that bronze medal in Tokyo a few years ago. So he's leaving the Spurs, which he won a championship with, to join forces with Josh Giddy, our young superstar, at Oklahoma City Funder. So that's a $6.8 million deal that um, OKC are going to pay for the Spurs um, with his remaining contract. And they've offered up a future draft compensation in return, which is yet to be finalised. Um, and another Aussie, Dante Exum, has been guaranteed a Dallas Mavericks deal from Europe um, as he was a former number one, number four pick, sorry, in 2014. So that's big for the Aussies. And just quickly with some other news, um, Dame Lillard. So he's been with Portland ever since he was drafted in 2012. He's requested a trade to Miami. So Miami Heat, as we all know, came second to Denver just two weeks ago. Um, they've got the likes of Jimmy Butler, um, Pam Adebayor, with Lillard and Butler together at the two and three. They're going to be like major contenders next year. So that's um, incoming and a deal worth $204 million over four years. So if that happens, um, that's going to be big for Miami. Um, a few other quick ones. Kari Irving has re-signed with Dallas for another three years for $126 million. Um, so you got Irving, Exum, um, Doncic as well. They could be making playoffs again. Um, and then finally we got Lamelo Ball, another one of those Ball brothers stepping up. So he was drafted by Charlotte a few years ago, and he's re-signed with Charlotte for a maximum five-year deal. So these maximum five-year deals guarantee a huge salary. So this one's worth 260 mil in his third year. Um, he's, uh, sh- sorry, Charlotte have never made the finals, so this could be big for them. Thoughts on that, boys? Um, yeah, massive. Good for the Aussies. Good to have a few on the same team as well, though. That's exciting to see. Yeah, that's going to be interesting with Mills helping Giddy out. So if you're getting into NBA, OKC could be the team to follow next season if you're an Aussie. Uh, and how long? How many weeks away? We found out last week that um, we're not having the big main guy in the FIBA team, uh, but the FIBA World Cup is not too far away. Yeah, so I believe that's in two to three weeks. Ben Simmons, I think we mentioned a few weeks yes, ago, yeah. he declared he was unfit. So I think the main prospects we want to focus on is Josh Giddy in his proper first um, kind of Australian singlet um, matches and obviously Paddy Mills as well. We love to see him. So I reckon the Australians can hopefully medal there. Another bronze would be nice. Okay. Jason, any and, last things? Yes. What is the deal with you with pub footy this week, Sam? 
Okay, well, we'll soon see if I'm selected. But okay, the what's the road to selection look like? Um, well, you just <laughs> see if you get picked. There's a lot of players to get through. So there's... How many players exactly? Well, we have 18 on the field, but also yeah. 18 on the bench. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's like a local footy practice game. Um, so, and then there's even more than that that um, participate in the team. So it's a it's a lot to get through, but it's good to have that many people because when <laughs> when you're mostly unfit, it's good to have that many balances out for being <laughs> 18 teams of fit. And you, you were, got. <laughs> and you were saying you got the tote this week? Yes, the big old tote. Who have uh, I think they're still going. Um, By the way, just for the listeners that don't know, you play for the Workers' Club. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. There we go. Good old Lions. So. uh, um, it's going to be a big day on Saturday, 12 p.m. Victoria Park. Oh, exciting. Um, well, 1.40 the game is, but it all kicks off 12 p.m. So if you've never heard of pub footy, uh, it's good to get involved. Yep. Go see <laughs> Sam. Hopefully he gets selected. This is the road to him getting selected, Jerry, and we're going to campaign for it vigorously on the sports desk because that, listeners, was the sports desk. Thank you very much, Jerry and Jason. We'll return, of course, on Friday at 5 p.m. with plenty of stuff to preview for the weekend ahead. Remember? At Sam Manhattan on Twitter, at Sam Manhattan on Instagram, <laughs> Sports Desk Scene on Twitter, Sports Desk Scene on Instagram. See you Friday. That's us. We'll see you soon.